Operation Eagle's Wings, honoring all who serve and leaving no one behind. I'm Dave Adams, and with me on the phone right now is an old friend of mine, Cody Standiford. I met Cody uh, when he was working with Congressman Greg Walden's office in the Wounded Warriors program, helping out. Uh, he was liaison with the congressman and helped set up news conferences and things like that, and especially worked with veterans. And uh, we got together with Cody, and Cody wanted to talk to us off mic about just what's going on in in uh, veterans, PTSD, and the issue of veteran suicide. And he just had a heart for veterans and was just reaching out for, for people to help. And so we decided we have to do something. There's just something that we need to do. What we started was Operation Eagle's Wings. And we've had it in a number of cities, and now it's in McMinnville, reaching out statewide. Uh, our mission statement is honoring all who serve and leaving no one behind because we want to do our little part uh, to really reach out to veterans. Cody, hey, it's good to talk to you again, sir. Good to talk to you again as well, Dave. And uh, one of the issues that was just barely starting to become an issue oh, about five years ago or now so when we first talked was the issue of veteran suicide. It's one of those things that's not a pleasant talk, topic to talk about. But the sad state of affairs is that uh, sometimes we're losing more soldiers to suicide than combat, and and we need to do something about that, don't we? Yeah, that, that's very correct. That um, you know, I, I don't know the exact numbers at this point, um, but we have lost more uh, veterans to suicide than we have lost um, in Iraq and Afghanistan. You know that. That death toll is somewhere uh, north of 4,000 for, for combat-related deaths, um, and the suicide deaths uh, far exceeds that, which is, you know, fairly indicative of things aren't uh, necessarily going uh, quite as well as, as we'd hoped uh, for folks coming back from combat. So you've been in combat. You, were, you served in Iraq or Afghanistan, correct? Uh, which one? I was in Iraq, uh, 2006, 2007. Well, first and, of all, uh, thank you for your service. Well, you, you're very welcome. So explain to the people who might be listening to this interview that just have a hard time grasping just why the issue of veteran suicide is, is so so prevalent. Uh, if you could kind of put a little flesh on the bone, so to speak, and explain this issue a little bit. Why are we seeing this, do you think? Well, you know, the, the, the issue of suicide... Um, is you know it, it's a very difficult um, subject to, to really get our minds around because you know it's frightening and and folks are, are and my, myself included were, were reluctant to face some of those more difficult uh, issues and you know as far as uh, veteran suicide goes um, you know unfortunately we don't always know the reasons that uh, that people make that very personal choice to uh, to end their lives, but you know we can kind of we can kind of look at the, the the big picture and and draw some conclusions. And um, that you know when uh, when folks are returning from from combat, uh, you know they're carrying with them oftentimes a, a lot of unresolved issues, whether that be um, you know witnessing or experiencing trauma of their own. Um, you know, or, you know, they, they've had unfaithful spouse, uh, or, or, uh, partner, um, while they were deployed, you know, financial problems, um, can be a, a huge stressor. 
And then, you know, the, the simple fact of, of coming back from a, a combat zone and trying to, you know, the, the buzzword that, that has been around a lot is reintegrate. You know, we're, we want to, we want a, a good solid reintegration effort. And, you know, the, the biggest problem, uh, I think with reintegration is that we, we have all these very well-intentioned efforts of we're going to, we're going to do things just for veterans. We're going to set aside um, you know, apartment buildings or programs that are that are just for vets, and you know that that's that's fantastic. It's very very heartwarming. Um, but one of the things that, in my experience, I've seen that that does is it, it, it's kind of an exclusionary model where you know we have <laughs> we have vets that we want to get reintegrated into the community at large, yet we're um, unintentionally kind of isolating them and these veterans only um, programs and channels and and you know just just in my experience what I've observed that's not always the best uh, best approach for vets particularly ones who are, are feeling um, disconnected from their community anyway for you know all those reasons of you know, combat trauma um, separation uh, from loved ones and you know difficulty with uh, uh, with with coping with non deployment life, you know when you're when you're deployed, everything is is very uh, is laid out for you. You know, you know where you're going, what you're doing, uh, where you're going to eat when you come back in on on the fob. You know where you're going to sleep, and all that changes pretty rapidly uh, and radically when you when you come back to quote unquote normal society. And that's where folks, in in, in my observations, tend to stumble the most is is figuring out how to go from having every aspect of their life um, really pretty regimented to all of a sudden nothing is regimented. How can we help? Well, uh, you know, one of the one of the greatest things that, that I've witnessed and experienced uh, firsthand is, you know, just the community treating you like a, a regular human being. I'm not... Um, you're not tiptoeing around because there is a there's a very prevalent um, I guess uh, image or, or perception out there that every everyone who's been to Iraq or Afghanistan uh, is going to have PTSD, which is a is a very um, false assumption. Not everyone who who goes to any theater of combat you're not guaranteed to come home with with all these with all these issues. You know that's uh, that's kind of a one-size-fits-all approach, and you know, as as I'm sure you and your listeners are aware, there there really isn't just a one-size-fits-all approach. But the best thing to do when uh, when encountering returning service members um, is you know just welcome them home and treat them like you would treat uh, everybody else that you would encounter, and um, you know don't don't have those preconceived notions that uh, like you're the veteran, you must. He or she must be completely broken, and and you know they're going to have all these problems. And how are we going to how are we going to fix them? Yeah, just just treat us like regular folks. That's that's really about the the best way to to help as a community member, and um, you know just uh, extend that that warm smile and and bring folks back into the fold, and and that in again in my experience, uh, both personal and and witnessing professionally is. Is the best medicine. It's letting folks know that it's it's okay and 
you're we're not going to treat you like some uh, like some very fragile, um, easily breakable person. So what we do is say thank you for your service. If you find out there are service men, men or women returning from Iraq or Afghanistan, hey, thanks for your service. We really appreciate what you did. And then there's some way we can help. One of the things we don't recommend you do is don't ask questions about what it was like over there. Because a lot of these veterans, unless you've experienced that, they really don't want to talk about that with you. If they do, great. But what we found is, is like Cody was saying, just treat them like regular person, like your neighbor. Hey, we really thank you for your service uh, to the United States. Welcome home. Hey, how are you doing? Is there anything I can help you with? Uh, mow the yard, whatever. And just, just um, treat them like normal people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Cody, as, as you're talking to veterans as, with Covo Central Oregon Veterans Outreach, what are you seeing? We talked about veterans' homelessness in, in another interview. Uh, what is the pressing need out there? Is it homeless? Is it jobs? Probably a little bit of both. Probably a lot of both. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, the, the issues surrounding homelessness are, are varied and, uh, you know, vast. There, there are a lot of different contributing factors to um, anyone becoming homeless at, at any given time. And, um, you know, what we're seeing in, in our area here in Central Oregon, and, and, you know, this is a nationwide trend as well, um, you know, one of, the, one of the problems that we're seeing is unchecked uh, rental prices, you know, they're, they're, they're skyrocketing um, to the tune of 30 40 50%. Uh, within just a month or two, so we're seeing folks uh, getting priced out of their out of their housing, and once that happens, um, there's no there's no other housing available for for people to go in, and and that's not just uh, low income or or affordable housing, that's across the entire spectrum, um, you know, and, and so when folks have hiccups, uh, you know, maybe they've Maybe they've been laid off or, you know, they had overwhelming medical uh, costs or whatever the case may be, and now all of a sudden they're, they're facing down a, a very expensive rental and they can't, they can't make ends meet. Once they fall out of housing, um, there really is nowhere to put them back into housing here uh, in Central Oregon. And, you know, what we're hearing regionally and, and also nationally is that it's a very common, uh, common issue there's just not enough housing, and the housing that is available, you know, in the uh, in the uh, wonderful world of supply and demand, um, the supply is low, the demand is high, and so the prices are are going up accordingly. And you know, we just basically the we need to have more housing stock. And then, you know, as far as employment goes, um, you know, there there are ample jobs, believe it or not. Um, here in Central Oregon, the the issue is they don't pay enough uh, in order for a person to, to afford to live here. Um, you know, there was a study that, that came out by a, a rental uh, watchdog group uh, about six or seven weeks ago now, and in the state of Oregon, on average, uh, a person who wants to afford a, a very modest two-bedroom apartment a person on average in the state of Oregon needs to make $19 an hour uh, or 
in the case of Central Oregon specifically, uh, they have to earn at least $16 an hour, or if they're on minimum wage, uh, which is nine twenty-five an hour, they'd have to work 84 hours a week in order to afford a very modest two-bedroom home. Now, that was, that was almost two months ago now that that study came out, and I can tell you that the prices have done nothing but go up uh, in that short amount of time. So, you know, we, we have a service industry, 10 bucks an hour, 12 bucks an hour uh, is, is pretty much the, the going rate. And bottom line, we don't have the, the wages to support the housing costs here in Central Oregon. And all that, all that drives the, the homelessness um, and folks who are on the brink of becoming homeless at any given time. And, you know, veterans can be one of those more uh, vulnerable populations um, if they have, uh, you know, additional issues on top of income and, and employment. You know, if there's, if there's substance abuse issues or uh, mental health issues, all those things can kind of coalesce to make this really hard to stay in housing. Uh, and once again, when they fall out of housing, getting them back in uh, is excruciatingly painful because there just is nowhere to go. Cody, uh, we appreciate everything Covo does and other organizations that do. I know there's a lot of people that are trying to see what they can do to to do this. One option that we mentioned in an earlier interview is to, uh, if you have money to donate, uh, Central Oregon Veterans Outreach Covo in Bend. Uh, deal specifically with the issue of homelessness with veterans. Homelessness is a big issue for all aspects of society, but especially veterans. Um, that's one organization that you can donate to to help the cause. If you're a, a policymaker, uh, you probably already heard the issues that are affecting uh, homelessness and veterans. We ask that you really uh, consider what these men and women have done uh, in the service to their country and that uh, we need to uh, wherever possible, look to see what we can do to, to help them out. Cody, we appreciate everything Covo does, and you do, and uh, thank you for giving us the jump start to, to get the eagle going. And just uh, Our conversation about four, five, six years ago uh, really got us thinking about some of these issues and wanting to do our little part to uh, help spread the word. So thank you for what you guys do. And, and thank you, Dave. We appreciate it. Uh the, the interest in this very important uh, topic and you know it's uh, it tickles me to no end that uh, Operation Eagle's Wings is still is still driving forward uh, you know after all those years passed by from when I when I talked to you the first time it's it's very very heartwarming to see that uh, that y'all are still driving forward with that and we wish you the very best in in all your endeavors the eagle is still flying outstanding outstanding. Operation Eagle's Wings, honoring all who serve and leaving no one behind. And you just heard from one of the guys that had a start in getting the eagle flying. Cody, thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. Dave Adams, Operation Eagle's Wings.